am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it? You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. What's up, guys? This is Cannon Brown from the podcast called The Show. You're still listening to Legendary Mindset with Jake P. Richardson, but I wanted to quickly tell you about the three other podcasts in the Barra Media Podcast Network. We have The Keeper Pen with Maddie Caldwell and Jenna Wheeler. We have Mine, The Show with Cannon Brown. And of course, Cattle Pros with Jake Scott. Now, if you like this one, you can check out any of our other livestock-targeted podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Join our community of over 40,000 livestock enthusiasts that listen to us monthly. Yes, my mom, she taught third grade for about um, about 30 years. So were you in her class when she was teaching? I was not. No, I was not. She, uh, Her best friend, I think, was my, uh, my teacher. But uh, not that I didn't want her to be my teacher. Mm-hmm. She just, uh, uh, it just is better she was not. <laughs> yeah, not in the same classroom. Exactly. So, but your dad, he didn't just raise livestock. He was a cabinet maker, you said? Yes, he was a cabinet builder for shoot probably about 40 40 years um that's what uh, uh how he was able to to do the livestock is he had mm. a a real a, a job to pay for first um because we didn't sell you know mini goats for much mm-hmm. money for a long time and so uh the cabinets paid the feed bill so just basically a carpenter would he make them by hand at his own shop yes or? he uh, he had his own shop he had a couple people that worked for him um he was very good at it very mm. good at building things um good at being able to see uh, something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's also why he was good in the livestock um, industry as well. But yes, he uh, he built custom cabinets for homes and uh, he was very good at just uh, mm-hmm. craft. Yep. Would you, would, you, is, would you describe him as like artistic or he was just kind of crafty, liked making things? He was crafty. Okay. He was good at, uh, he could fix anything oh, just okay. about. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier, I mean, you guys have had livestock your entire mm-hmm. life. Yes. So like when you were say like, you know, a little girl, like a toddler, mm-hmm. were they, was there a goal of show stock or were, were they just goats out in the backyard? So it's kind of, I guess, a long story on how we got started. Um, when I was about five, uh, my dad raised club lambs. Okay. He started out with raising a black face sheep, and uh, then we had some milk goats, you know, for the club lambs, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd go take those to get bread to a boar billy, um, and then, you know, we all just kind of liked the goats. Um, they were easier to mess with and whatnot, and so uh, uh, he slowly uh, sold out the sheep to, I believe, a man in Ohio, and uh, then we started buying goats. Um, we started out uh, with a herd of about 20, I believe, does from a... A uh, gentleman in uh, Uvalde named Jim Willingham. Okay. And uh, those were, I guess, what you would consider were the, uh, the Ibex, uh, where that came from, that name, mm-hmm. uh, were these uh, goats that were a cross of, I believe, uh, Nubian, Spanish, and Boer cross. So there goats. wasn't actually Ibex deer. No, there was never an actual deer uh, making these goats. They just typed that they cross. They were just typed okay. that cross, and then it was just a. a really bred into over and over again to make mm-hmm. them freakier and different looking. Really? Yeah. So how, what year would you say that was? Maybe that you sold out of those sheep? <sighs> we sold out, I guess about 93, 94. Okay. Um, and then we, uh, we bought the goats right then. And, uh, um, 
his philosophy for, I guess, about 10, 15 years is we never sold a thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'd take the crap to the sale barn. But other than that, uh, we he was very... Uh, keen on uh, holding on to your females mm -hmm. um we don't want to let out any genetics out for a while until we kind of knew what worked um and that's you know money was never an object at the time you just uh keep everything and try to make them better and mm -hmm. see what you or doe bases uh, worked best so around i mean you said 93 there was mm -hmm. no major goat shows there were no goat shows there shows. wasn't even jackpot goat shows at mm -hmm. that point i'd say about 96 97 was the first when kids were actually starting to show mm -hmm. goats and that's kind of around the same time you know the boards were coming in yes so what was his you know i guess goal with them without a weather show industry to plan around, I guess. Is I question. think the thing was, is with the boars coming in, obviously it was going to be the next big thing. Oh, you could um, tell. Yeah. You could tell. Um, people really liked the goats. And uh, obviously the only uh, uh, market animal that resembled at all a goat was a sheep. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was kind of what we wanted to replicate in the 90s is buying a uh, these cooler Spanish-looking goats, mating them to boar billies, mm -hmm. and then trying to make that resemble a clove lamb. <laughs> you know, it yeah. uh, it was far-fetched, but that was kind of the, the end goal, mm -hmm. I believe. Yep. So you were an only child. I was an only child. So yes. I'm guessing you spent a lot of time in the barn with your dad. Spent a lot of time in the barn with my dad. We were, um, he was my buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, we were best friends, and uh, we were on the road every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, going to shows we do go to you know four or five shows a weekend um mm -hmm. just crazy but uh that's what we love to do uh it's what he enjoyed to do also and uh we uh i wasn't involved in sports you know or mm -hmm. anything like that uh as soon as you miss a, a game or something you know you're yeah, punished for team, it yeah. exactly so uh, i just did the goat thing i enjoyed it um I put everything i had into it and mm -hmm. uh that's a uh, you know, it could pay. It could go and pay for college. Oh yeah, and you know, and, and exactly. And I wasn't going to, uh, by any means, make a state team or anything. So mm -hmm. that's what we ran with. There you go. Yep. So I mean, you're spending time with your dad in the barn constantly, and yep. so I mean, you loved it. It was, I did. It was everything you had in your life. Yep. So um, where did it really start to pick up for you guys? I mean, I know everyone knows you had a really you know competitive sure. show career, but like, when did when did Kelly's just start to stand out from a goat perspective? It was um, obviously everybody's familiar with the Buck 900. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, his offspring were just on a different level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually that's when we started having our first big goat sales. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, they started bringing some money. And, well, uh, uh, you know, I'd keep a few, you know, obviously for myself. But we would sell, you know, a lot of the good ones, you know, to bring some money. And so we would keep a... You know the thinner ones or the, the ones projects. that had yes things that we could fix and uh um, that's what i would show and then we'd uh, go and sell the rest but 900 and what he brought to the table that was definitely the turning point mm -hmm. so you, you mentioned your dad kept i mean you, you sold stuff at the sale barn but you never nope. let stuff leave nope. um most places you go like big weather places i mean mm -hmm. if you kind of go back far enough Sure. They've all got a piece of Kelly yeah. in there. If it's yeah. a Kelly buck or, mm -hmm. you know, this is a 900 doe. Mm -hmm. When did you guys kind of start to spread those out and, and disperse you know, some of that? You know, we'd built up to sit close about 500 goats. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I also want to add, we never had a hard hand. It was always just my mom, wow. dad, and myself. 
always, even now we don't have a hard hand. Mm -hmm. Um, we do everything ourselves. And so if, uh, uh, you know, instead of uh, hiring somebody, we'd build another barn or buy another piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of his philosophy is you get something out of it at the end of the day and you get it done yourself the right way. Yeah. And so, um, so we had built it up to about, you know, 500 head of goats. And that's when kind of realized that we've got to start selling some does. Um, and we were having these weather sales, they were doing very well. And, uh, the first, uh, we sold a buck in one of our sales. And um, I know where he ended up, but he, he sold for a lot of money and it was kind of a hush-hush deal, mm -hmm. but he went on and he did very well uh, for his uh, purchaser. And that thing kind of got my dad kind of excited, like, hey, people are wanting these genetics, let's uh, try to capitalize on it. I'm sure he was having people just kind of beating down his door for a we, while. I mean, we would, and you know, looking back now, like now we don't have many people, you know, just driving by and stopping here. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, when I was a kid, we would have somebody nearly every day, really? like really uh, in the area, which if you knew where we used to live, it was in no the middle in the of area. nowhere. No, they wanted to come see our goats. And so just constantly we we're showing people our goats and, mm -hmm. you know, they just thought these were the coolest things that they'd seen. They'd never seen goats look like this. Mm -hmm. And so I think he, that was really when it kind of finally hit him that, hey, we should capitalize on it. Let's mm -hmm. sell, let's sell some of these goats. And so we go through there and uh, Colton and my dad and I, we would, you know, wash them all ourselves and mm -hmm. clip down their backs and, uh, um, we would have a sale and they do very well. You know, people come from all over and, uh, and buy these does and that's just kind of when it, we sold them because we eventually had to, you know, yeah, we had so no many. Space. Mm -hmm. yeah, had to get yep. So let's jump back a little bit. Um, those jackpots and stuff. Yeah. Like, just what, what was that like going out there with your dad and just whipping tail oh yeah it was it was fun the last um i guess like my junior and senior year um you know the jackpots uh, i think have kind of died down the last couple of years it seems like they're picking mm -hmm. back up but um you know when we were really going you know there'd be three or four hundred goats at every jackpot what, what year did you graduate high school i graduated in 07. 07 it's about oh four oh five i mean you know we were all a family you know mm -hmm. we went everywhere just about together um as far as the different uh, kids and whatnot we all kind of grew up together and, um, you know, there'd be 300, 400 goats at every jackpot every mm -hmm. weekend. And it was, it was fun. So yep. like today when I go to jackpot and you're trying to, you know, figure out how to be competitive and sure. it kind of, you know, we have to present them good. We have to show mm -hmm. them good. We have to accomplish these things just mm -hmm. to even get a second look. Absolutely. What were, I mean, it's a way different world just sure. even sure. 10 years ago. How, yes. how were you guys figuring those things out to make those, those Make uh, separate sure. you from the rest. Sure, we um we were probably about the first people to really uh, buy a track dog, mm -hmm. do the track deal. Um, you know, drenching. I mean, uh, it was always uh, you know, the animals always came first. You mm -hmm. know, whatever we needed to do, um, they came first, and I think that's kind of what um sent him uh over the edge a little bit is we would go and try just about anything um you know from the supplement store to mm -hmm. you know just try different things to try to get everything you could out of that goat and uh people weren't really thinking that quite mm -hmm. yet and you know there were supplements and companies kind of starting to come about then for livestock but um nothing that really had stuck quite yet it was mainly just a, uh you know he was really into mixing his own feed and mm -hmm. the exercise and I was out there working them every day, you know, taking it very seriously. And, um, people weren't quite doing that back then yet. Like were they are now. Lambs? People were chucking lambs back then or not nothing at all really. 
Yeah, they they were starting to. Yeah, okay. yeah, with the four wheeler. I remember that we had the four wheeler and the big track oh, for a while. The four-wheeler? Oh yeah, I oh, was I was on the front with the hot shot. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> How many did you run over? Oh, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yes, and we quickly got out of the lands for a little while and did just the goats. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, um, as you were kind of finishing up your show career, and you know, obviously you're having a great time out there <laughs> raising stock with your dad. What did sure. you? What were your goals for your rest of your life at that point? I mean, you had you know, a bunch I, of scholarship money, I'm sure. <laughs> Honestly, I was always uh, the goat kid, you know, mm-hmm. in high school, and that wasn't really a thing, um, or uh, it, it wasn't per- it, it was wasn't now. perceived well, especially in my high school. It was just weird, and so. Uh, I wasn't ever on a judging team, ever even thought about being asked mm-hmm. to be on a judging team. You know, what would I know about livestock? I showed goats. And so... Um, <laughs> it didn't even count as livestock. No, exactly. No. And uh, so I just, I went to Blinn. Um, really? I went to there for a couple of years. I was taking a couple of classes at A&M too. And um, I was driving home every single weekend uh, to help with the goats, dehorning, you know, everything that uh, needed to be done. And uh, I decided I was tired of the drive, mm. and school really wasn't that important. I was doing well, but I really still didn't know what I wanted to do, yeah. so I transferred to Tarleton. And uh, that's when I was just like, you know what, I like the goats. Um, you know, it, there's definitely a living to be made, mm-hmm. I think, uh, with the goats and the livestock industry. And so I just really put my focus there mm-hmm. after that. Okay. Yeah. So once you got done showing, what, 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 what happened at Kelly Meat Goats? Like, did it kind of just take off from a weather... It really did, yeah. Um, that was also um, shortly after we sold out. Um, that's when I met Colton, and uh, he had uh, much bigger ideas than I knew about or my dad mm-hmm. knew about as far as marketing and advertising, and that's when Facebook, you know, it oh, was yeah, just around, saying, uh, yeah. beginning. And uh, and so we really tried to capitalize on making cool ads mm-hmm. and taking better pictures and, uh, um, yeah, that's kind of where it, uh, the direction. It, it did uh, definitely skyrocket after I graduated knowing mm-hmm. that you know no good ones were being held back everything yeah. was everyone showed up yes so you met Colton at Tarleton I know he yes. went there but yes. so what was his prior livestock experience if he was coming over here and sure he out? um his dad is an ag teacher mm-hmm. um very uh well respected um and he also he showed pigs um, he's in Uvalde isn't he? yes he's in Uvalde and um Colton showed pigs and so he definitely came from a similar you know livestock background mm-hmm. didn't know much about goats but he was definitely uh, open to learning and uh, you know he came home with me a couple weekends and he and he loved it mm-hmm. and so uh, it was a good fit. <laughs> I mean, did your dad get along pretty good after that? Oh no it took a, <laughs> it, it took a little bit you know uh, uh, didn't want to step on any toads and whatnot um, but uh, you know he definitely wanted to be to be liked by my dad but yeah. uh, it took a little bit but um, my dad definitely respected him a lot and yeah. uh, it was a good relationship. How yeah. how did your dad finally figure out he was okay? <laughs> they had a a little bit of a talk, a little come to Jesus meeting, I guess. Uh, uh, Colton was, you know, taking the world by storm at the ranch and trying to, you know, uh, fix things and do things. And I think uh, my dad took it a little bit the wrong way, mm-hmm. and so he had to have a a little, you know, talk with him of, hey, you know. Uh, this is, you know, my place, that's my daughter. And uh, I think they talked for a little bit. And then uh, uh, he told Colton, he said, you know what? It's all right. You can marry my daughter. And so it, it turned out okay. That works. Yeah. It works real good. So what year did you and Colton meet, I guess? We had a, uh, let's see, we met in 20, uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. We were married in 2010. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we just met and it just, it was a, it was a rat, you know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, we got married and then shortly after, uh, 
we got pregnant and had our son Briscoe. So go. everything moved pretty quickly mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. So so Colton is he does real estate full time. Yes. But I mean he spends a lot of time Mm -hmm. Here, so, yes, he does. So how? So, so you guys got married, moved here, mm -hmm. and so you still had the goats at that point, or did you sold yes, out yet? We still had the goats at that point. Um, we sold out the goats in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess he was with us with the goats for about three years. Um, but yeah, uh, he he was uh, he played a big part in in the sale of the goats as mm -hmm. far as doing that whole uh, transaction and making sure everything was taken care of. Um, for so. sure. So we, we kind of discussed it earlier, but like, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't sell a lot of females. You kept mm -hmm. those genetics, you, yep. you lined all that stuff up. Mm -hmm. So did you ever think, you know, in the whole process that your dad would be okay with getting rid of all of them? Or did you kind it, of think he was attached the whole time? It was actually really his idea really? to sell them. Yeah. Um, there had been a couple things that year um, that had kind of happened. And uh, I think we each kind of have our own... Um, scenario I guess you want to call it that mm -hmm. kind of did it for us and uh, we'd also gotten to that point where you know our genetics were so tight and it was time to for an outcross and we had never yeah. brought a another buck in in probably six or seven years Wow! and, uh, and it was time to go find another one and uh, you know we just uh, I don't think he, he just his heart wasn't ready to do that you know he didn't mm -hmm. want to really kind of start over and um, and for me, and I think Colton also, you know, that last year we had so many C-sections and uh, it had just gotten really hard, you know, mm -hmm. doing it ourselves. And uh, also we had, this is another story, um, that year we had raised a top gun, mm -hmm. blindside, fracture um, that Piper um, uh, bought later on. And uh, there was this whole menagerie of just awesome butt kids. And there was this one that was, I mean, even better than those, just on a whole different level that was going to change it mm -hmm. for us, you know? And, uh, anyways, I remember we had sorted them all off. We were looking at them in a, in a livestock trailer so we could look at them real good. And we were so excited about it. Anyways, the next morning we went to go feed and, uh, and that one had gotten tangled up in a hay string and died. Oh and that God. for me, that's what did it. Heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. That, that was, that was hard. Yeah. So when people talk about, you know, those old school weather genetics and, yep. you, and you just threw out a couple of those buck names, but I mean like Blindside, <laughs> Top Gun, Shrek, I mean all those, mm -hmm. all those things are still... Wizard, yeah. Wizard, yeah, mm -hmm. all those guys. So what, did those all, you said come in the same year? Most of them did come in the same year. Um, within, I guess, in a two year period, they were all, uh, um, we didn't keep many bucks um, throughout the years. You know, we had 900, 901. Um, but other than that, we didn't keep many until that last couple of years and then... Uh, we really were uh, stacking the deck, and they were all um, like three quarters, seven, eight siblings. Um, and all the uh, does they were being bred to, you know, were the same way, um, just very, very tight, yeah. tightly bred. And yeah. those genetics got dispersed just in insanely. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I guess they worked so well. Sure. But like, what, what do you think about them made them so popular, I guess? Was it their, you know, their genetic consistency or just their abilities to make good ones? I think it was both. I think they were very, very consistent. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, on a goat, you think about it, and I think about this a lot from a genetic standpoint, is, you know, there's so many different genetics in a goat that can make them be bad. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're still just a goat. Mm -hmm. um, but when you go and you read that stuff over and over and over again, it it's going to be really consistent. A lot of that um, just bad goat blood, if you mm -hmm. want to call it, has been bred out. And, uh, and obviously today it's much more consistent. But at that time, that was definitely the most consistent genetics you could buy, mm -hmm. I think, at that time. 
because they were so tight. Yeah, no one else was really... No one was really breeding it that way over and over again. They are now, but um, at that point in time, they hadn't been. And I don't know if you can get any more line bread than not buying a buck for... Yeah. How many years, did you say? The whole time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. That'll keep them tight. It will. So so he sells the goats, and, and mm-hmm. how does how does that go down? I mean, Dale Hummel acquired yeah. those. Yeah, we... Um, we talked about, um, I believe it was after uh, the major show season of 2012, mm-hmm. and we were just like, all right, you know, are we going to go and do this next step and go look for a buck? Or, you know, we were just kind of at that point, what what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And um, we'd been approached by a couple different people of buying large groups of does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really don't want to go sell 100 does, you know, to one person. And then they're still your competitor, yeah. you know. Um, but... Uh, Dale um, had come to us, you know, wanting the, the very best, you know, and uh, and so we had kind of uh, talked to him about, like, what, what would you think about buying the whole flock? And, uh, you know, I know he was just like, you know, initially no, mm-hmm. but, you know, I guess they thought about it and they put a pencil and paper to it and it, you know, was an okay deal to them and uh, it, it transitioned very smoothly, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess by uh, June, um, they were all gone. Or no, September. It was September sale. Okay. Um, but yeah. So that spring when you were mm-hmm. organizing all that, yep. did you have a next step? Like after we sell the goats, we're going to do this? Or, you <laughs> no. Know, you we, just... uh, we, uh, so the ranch we had, it was um, about 1,500 acres. And um, he was wanting to sell it. That was kind of his retirement, my dad's. And uh, obviously we lived there as well. But he was ready to, to sell it, downsize, and uh, I think get a little bit closer to civilization. Mm-hmm. And so after the sell of the goats, we sold the ranch shortly after and uh, moved here uh, to Lapan. We now have about 300 acres, and it's much more manageable. And we mm-hmm. were here, um, I don't know, not very long, and we were all bored, I mean, immediately. Just like, we yeah, got like, What were you doing? Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. And... Uh, we're like, we had been kind of doing a little research, you know, what do we want to do next? And the Dorpers always, we were all interested in the Dorpers. We went and uh, looked at farms all over mm-hmm. and just kind of looked and uh, kind of decided what they needed and uh, what was interesting and talked to the TGLA about, you know, adding a division. And then we talked to major shows about adding a division. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was all uh, positive. And so we just kind of took it and ran with it. So in that year in 2012, were mm-hmm. there, could you show Dorpers at Texas Majors? You could um, at uh, State Fair and um, Fort Worth. Okay. For sure, yeah. So just two majors. I believe so. And yep. the counties, were they doing them jackpots? Mm, I mean, no, not, no jackpots for sure. Maybe a couple counties, you know, here and there, but no, not so, at all. So what was your major, like the offspring you would create, what would, would they just go be show like full blood? Dorpers Basically, yeah, we um, we went and bought a lot of registered ewes so we could, mm-hmm. you know, have a couple different markets for them. But uh, shortly after we bought them, we talked to Cherie at TJLA about adding a division and uh, uh, talked to some feeders. We were li- literally just giving our lambs away for mm-hmm. a while of just take them, show them, and let's try to build this a little bit. And uh, and it really has taken off, um, oh, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it started out literally just a few years ago as nothing, mm-hmm. and so it's definitely come quickly. It's, it's now less than ten. Oh yeah, and you, yeah. But... Every Texas major, most national shows have them now, mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. So when your dad acquired the goats, yep. they were it, it was a way different world than it was when you guys acquired the Dorpers. I mean, he had yes. to kind of start from scratch. He literally started from nothing. But yeah. with the Dorpers, I mean, they were they'd been here a little while, mm-hmm. and there was you know some full blood breeders making. Sure making quality ones, but what yep. that, that first time you guys went out and bought those hair ewes, what mm-hmm. what'd you look for? Like, what kind did you feel like you needed? We just, we'd go out there and uh, obviously, you know, there's, and, and I'm not down, trying to downplay anything, but there's a, you know, there's a, 
a lot of things that a Dorper does not have as mm -hmm. far as being a market oh, show lamb. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? They are very cool, functional, practical sheep, but they are a long ways from uh, resembling a club lamb. Mm -hmm. And so we would just go and try to find pieces. I mm -hmm. mean, and, and that's not good at all from a genetics standpoint because nothing we bought was related. Mm -hmm. We would just go and be like, ooh, she had a really neat front and a really cool rib or a really unique hip. And so we just together. try to put things together. How yeah. did you go and buy that first year? I'd say we probably have purchased about 50 to 75 is what we bought. Mm -hmm. And then we bought a couple rams and, uh, um, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been tough. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We've, uh, um, it's been a keep and call process. Like I've never believed it would be. Um, but I'm now, we are, we're content with where we're at now. Mm -hmm. We are proud of them. Um, therefore while we'd go out there and it just, it hurt, you yeah. know what I mean? You just see so many things you don't like. And mm -hmm. now we're, uh, we're happy with how far they've come and the progress they've made. So those Dorper ewes you started with, I mean, yep. just, just talking about Dorper sheep in mm -hmm. general compared to like um, a competitive medium wolf. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to change their chest floor, you want to change their hip. Top line, shoulder blade, flank, hip, yeah. I mean, bone, everything. Where do you start? We, we've now gotten to where we would just go and just try to fix the body type, mm -hmm. you know, just to where they're actually shallower chested, deeper in their flank, and then kind of just go from there. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of fix their lines. It fix their lines general. to where they, they at least give you a good silhouette mm -hmm. and then go and tweak that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, you have about 150 ewes, is that what you said, of the Dorpers? We have about, yeah, 180, uh, Dorper ewes and now a hundred head of medium wool ewes. There you go. <laughs> so do you still go, I mean... Obviously, those first few years, you had to go buy some bucks, but how do you sure. guys go about make, you know, finding those genetic differences now? Do you still buy bucks, or are you just kind of trying to make your we, own? We, um, we bought, I guess we bought a buck a couple years ago, but since then, we've been really making our own. We, mm -hmm. uh, have a buck called, uh, Kelly666, um, and I guess he's now about five or six years old, but he is line bred, and that's what we've built around. He was kind mm -hmm. of our 900, give yeah. or take. Um, every you here just about goes back to that buck. And uh, all of our rams we're using now do too. And uh, it just makes all the difference having some genetic. Um, yeah. But there for a while, there was nothing you wanted to line up. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was too many faults to go and line up these uh, other Dorpers. And so now we're we're content with where we're at now. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, I mean, the Dorpers, if, if, you, if you spend a lot of time in Texas at those mm -hmm. major lamb shows, I mean, Dorpers have gotten so much better. Yeah. What was it like that <laughs> those first few years that people were showing them? Like especially for those judges that come from up north. Like, sure. What did they even, what happened? And, and they'll even go in there now and just say, hey, I've never judged these before. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, Perfect. you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Don't Which, say that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and there's not very much um, consistency, honestly, mm -hmm. in, in the judging process because uh, they walk in and you have so many, uh, different there's so many yeah. different things. You have ones that are almost kind of a show lamb and then you've got ones that are just so thick and you kind of get like, wow, you know, that's unique and, uh, um, Am I supposed to like that one? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, right now we're we're focusing on just like I said a while ago, just making that making a lamb a show lamb silhouette, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna work on fixing the rest later. But uh, um, I think we're we're getting there. Yeah. We're definitely making progress and going the right direction. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Let's talk about Dorper sheep a little bit. I mean, okay. most people who listen to this, I mean, the sheep people probably don't really raise them, but those <laughs> sure. things are extremely practical like how much if you had a you and a feed I'm lot, telling you yes how many how many pounds of grain would you have to feed her a day just to keep so her i bread? hadn't really realized how much or how little um they do really get fed compared to now these blackface ewes mm -hmm. um you know we have them up in pens right now getting bread and we're feeding these dorpers half a pound a day 
and these medium wools are getting two pounds a day. And those dorpers are fat. And the dorpers are fat. Shape. They are so fat, and they're yeah, they live literally off of nothing, mm -hmm. and they they really honestly do better in drought conditions, oh, yeah. absolutely than than if it's raining. <laughs> and that makes them that makes them challenging to feed. I mean, I've judged a few yes. Texas jackpots, and yes. those dorpers are just always fat. And and that's what uh, well ago when you're asking, you know, as far as a few years ago, you know, it was it was a feeding contest. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could get a pretty good dorper, but you had a kid that could show and a family that could feed. They were going to be at the top, and yeah. and we would always kind of go that direction. Is let's just get this one fed and mm -hmm. get it shown, and it's definitely like everything else. It's changing. Oh, you know, yeah. the sheep have gotten better, the feeders are getting better, and uh, it's definitely evolving. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, the the, sh the black face sheep deal. I mean, you can go mm -hmm. find a buck anywhere in the country, and, sure. and there's good ones all over. Oh yeah. You can't really. I mean, there's there's a lot of full blood dwarf people, but there's probably only I could name the f <laughs> I don't know if I could name five, but I sure. think the ones I could name would be less than five. You know, yeah. the dorper deal right now is really similar to that of the goats 15 years ago, mm -hmm. or and probably even now is if you see a buck that you really wanted to go buy, he's probably not for sale. Yeah, I mean, he's just not. Like even yeah. if you throw out a stupid number, you're not going to buy him, and that's mm -hmm. kind of how it is with the dorpers right now. Is there's only a handful of them that actually look the part but also breed the part mm -hmm. and I mean we've went through probably I don't know 15 20 Dorper Rams um, and we found one that really bred true and that's why we you know ran with yeah, him yeah. so you guys like you said earlier I mean you were you were showing goats and raising those market goats in the early mm -hmm. days sure. and when there was not really a mold to fit into mm -hmm. and you watched all that go down do you think like as you guys have been raising Dorpers are you seeing a lot of those similarities and maybe is it helping you that you kind of got to watch all that go down? Absolutely. You know, in this, uh, in the Dorper industry, there's definitely, uh, two different sides of it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's definitely us who are trying to raise some weathers and, uh, and then there's these full blood guys who think that we're ruining the breed. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's the same way like it was with the goats and the full bloods. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but I think it's perfectly fine to have two different, um, industries within an industry. Um, you know, uh, by no means are we wanting to ruin the breed or anything mm -hmm. like that. We're just trying to make them a little more appealing and show oh, yeah. quality it, to look at. It, it, <laughs> it always blows my mind. I mean, it's no different in any barn you go in, I don't think. The purebred people versus the crossbred people, yes. or, or I guess the terminal market sure. animal people. Absolutely. You know, just kind of different. You know, we, we might think, you know, those are, those just aren't going to work. Those aren't very sure. good. And, and, you know, they say the same thing about us, especially in the goats. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, both worlds can come together and sometimes make something pretty, mm -hmm. pretty neat. And we, we've learned that ourselves is, uh, you know, we'll go and make something pretty freaky and we'll go definitely put something, uh, put it back on a dorper to try to practical it back up. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, there's a, uh, and I think with the goats, it kind of went that direction is, uh, we had made everything so terminal and so hard and we needed a full blood mm -hmm. type to go loosen it up and make it practical and functional and pasture worthy oh, again. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're hearing more and more talk of that. Like you'll, we'll see a really good weather and be like, that one's out of a full blood doe. Absolutely. Or that weather is a full blood. Sure. Like, I mean, absolutely. It exists. It does. And, and but it's yes. definitely a, a piece that, that could be utilized because those generally are just, you know, stouter featured, mm -hmm. probably bigger bodied. And, and that, that to me, that is, especially in the goats, that's a direction it is going a little bit. I yeah. think is obviously gotta be cool and whatnot, but you gotta have some bone and, some sure base width and true functionality. Oh yeah, I mean like the ABGA, as much as the weather go, people might butt heads, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that they kept good sure. on purpose. Absolutely. You know, yep. that's made them There's things know, that valuable. both industries can learn from each other, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you mentioned it before, so so at when you guys were raising those goats, mm -hmm. 
how would you, you know, go about making your menu decisions? You mentioned you did, you know, quite a bit of it. Sure. Right? Sure, I did. I uh, um, was blessed with a really good memory, and so I could go and uh, um, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. <laughs> you mm -hmm. remember literally everything that that one goat had had in her. Or every single wrong thing your husband ever exactly. did. Exactly. <laughs> you never forget anything. And so, um, uh, you know, we obviously lined it all up, but uh, we did a lot of uh, probably not your conventional type reading style. I guess mm -hmm. that's me as a... I always wanted to put a freak on a freak. I didn't ever want to, you know, compromise any by putting a, a real pretty you on a, a, a real pretty doe on a really thick buck. Mm -hmm. You know, let's put pretty on pretty and let's just kind of see what we get, you know, mm -hmm. and make that ultra freak piece and then go put that on your thick stuff. Okay. Um, and that's so kind of. So you weren't doing like one end to the other. You were two no, freaks. We were two kind of, freaks okay. and then going from there. That's kind of, I mean, we would play it safe some, mm -hmm. but um, on our. Uh, which we never flushed or AI'd or anything like that, but I guess what you would consider your donor quality type does, um, we would definitely push the limits on those. And that I remember Wizard's mom in particular, um, she is not one that you would think would have been bred to Showtime, mm -hmm. Wizard Sire, um, but uh, it worked. You know, you just gotta take some chances, obviously, here oh, and definitely. there. <laughs> and I think you can take a lot more of those wild chances when, you know, like you said, everything you had was already so lined up sure. to be here so I mean, sure. they were all going to meet somewhere absolutely absolutely yeah no matter what you're going to be hauling a, a big group to the sale barn no matter what you're raising no matter yeah. how good your genetics are um but uh, you got to take some risks absolutely yeah do you ever think about like how different it would be if you guys never sold out and, and where you would be you know I, I thought about that obviously a few times and uh um and um, this sounds uh, like a sales pitch or whatnot, but I truly am. Uh, I'm glad we went the Dorper direction. Mm -hmm. I uh, I really do enjoy them. I like raising them. Um, the goats, don't get me wrong, will always, ha will always have a place in my heart. But uh, um, I, I like the sheep deal. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, yep. I'm sure now at this point, I mean, we just went and looked at all your Dorper use, but they're fun to look at. I mean, they're, they're fun to they're look cool. at. Yeah. You know, they uh, they go and do their job and. Uh, uh, they're definitely a hot commodity right now, oh, yeah. um, and so it's fun, absolutely. So how'd you guys go about getting those majors to allow Dorper divisions? Do they see it as a novelty and it'll probably go away? I think so. I think they did. Um, you know, we would just uh, went and talk to a few different people. Um, Colton and myself did, and uh, um, obviously money always helps a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but uh, everybody was, has been very open to it, and you go and look and. Uh, the number one, I guess, commercial breed in Texas right now, obviously, is Dorpers, mm -hmm. and so they should be at a major show. You know oh, what definitely. I mean? Um, and so uh, it's it's been perceived really well. I know San Antonio this last year, uh, they had it for the first year, and uh, they're gonna have a ten thousand dollars scholarship now for the champion Thank Dorper, you. and so it's it's growing. I think so. When we, down in Texas, we don't show any Dorsets or anything like that. No. We show only finals, and I think sure. the reason they're so strict on keeping those finals is for the commercial industry. Sure. And, and trying to correlate those things, but mm -hmm. at this point, Dorpers should be getting as much as finals, you know, if you sure. really look at it. And, and I mean, you talk to most of these, uh, a lot of these West Texas guys who are running, you know, thousands ahead of sheep, and they've they've sold their wool sheep, and mm -hmm. they've bought Dorpers, you know, they and uh, exactly, you know, just uh, which ours are by no means commercial, but just uh, seeing how much uh, how efficient they are, mm -hmm. um, you know, they have three lamb crops in two years. Um, and they don't they live off of nothing yeah they stay fat the whole time exactly very fertile too so like with the you know like with the goats and the medium wool sheep the, the mm -hmm. better we make them and the longer we're raising them it seems like we kind of lose a lot of that practicality sure so in the short like period of time that you guys have raised these weather hair sheep have you seen 
any of those things go away, those practical You know, we. Parts? I think a couple years ago we definitely did. Um, mm-hmm. We were trying to push it a little too hard, and now we're trying to keep them a little bit more functional mm-hmm. and a little uh, uh, easier flushing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that, to me, if you uh, have a track and dog, that's a desirable quality, oh, yeah. is uh, them being a little easier uh, doing. And so we, uh, we took that into account, honestly, to try to keep them a little bit uh, practical. Mm-hmm. Um, from a raising standpoint and a female standpoint, it's just, you don't want to breathe that out of them. You yeah. don't. Um, but, uh, uh, there for a little bit. Yeah. We went a little too far. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did you go too far? I mean, they, they just got pretty hard doing yeah. and, uh, we, and we were trying to make them really big footed without fixing the hip yet. Mm-hmm. And so we were pulling a lot of lambs. Um, we're now getting that hip more to where we like it. And, uh, it's, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for not being able to, I mean, when you're trying to show off breeds in Texas mm-hmm. and you have to make ones that classify, yes, it seems like it would, it would just take so long just it, to get them right and, and keep them there. It's and, been a process. Um, I mean, it really has. And these Dorbers, they're, I think they're probably one of the harder breeds to, um, you know, you can put a Dorper on a white Dorper and have a paint lamb and it won't class, Yeah. you know, um, and it's still all hair sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, we have to battle that quite a bit. Um, because I mean, obviously what else is it? You know, it is, yeah, it is a door bird. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they are definitely, uh, it's been a puzzle, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make them better. And, uh, they're also classifying them, you know, on body type, mm-hmm. they can't be too freaky or too yeah. shallow. And so that's, uh, um, we've definitely had our battles we've had to, uh, to go against, but, um, I think we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're talking about it earlier. I mean, do you ever see a Dorper winning? A Texas major? I get asked that a lot. And mm. obviously, uh, I do. I know you think I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. Um, I, think, I think we're about five years out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can't ignore, uh, you know, they win the carcass contest every year. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, and I know it's because of, uh, you know, they're uh, not as big a footed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, there's so much, you know, just natural uh, muscling and marbling to them. And uh, um, they're just functional. They're practical. They, uh, they do good, uh, you know, on pasture. And so I think we're getting them to where they're well represented in the show ring mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe one day we'll get lucky. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And we were kind of discussing it. Like <laughs> maybe one day, like there will be a rule in Texas where you have to slick share the sheep's legs. Yeah. And I think that, that would even the playing field. That would even the playing field a lot. I mean, it's such a, uh, you know, it's so hard to look at, you know, all these awesome legged sheep, mm-hmm. you know, and it, they just look so good. And then you see these poor little dorpers with no hair on them. Just I mean, it hurts. There, yes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. they're getting bigger legged. I mean, we they just are. looked at some sheep and there's some bucks out there that are yeah. ma- majorly stout. Yeah. yeah. And we have a buck, you know, that actually grows hair, you know, mm-hmm. he has some hair on his legs. And so just like the goats, it's, I guess the next thing mm-hmm. is trying to make them hairy legged. So if you can get them really hairy legged, like mm-hmm. goat hairy legged, yeah. do you think you'd probably class them out? Like, would they class them out for that? Uh, well, as long as they don't make another rule against that, I think we're okay. <laughs> no, they, no <laughs> I know. They keep adding to it. That's funny. Yeah. So you guys have made a pretty recent and big time change in purchase, I guess. Did. So how'd you, did you kind of, have you been talking about this for a while or did you? Just... Not, not at all. No, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of, we've been thinking a little bit about it. You know, this year we won um, six major uh banners at texas shows mm-hmm. and which is awesome huge yeah it, it's a big deal don't get me wrong but we're just uh you know 
you always got to have that next high, that next mm -hmm. thing that gets you excited and motivated. And, uh, you know, what's that going to be seven? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. you never, you never know. And so we, uh, we went and looked at some blackface sheep here and there. And, uh, then we were approached, um, about the Shruby blackface sheep about mm -hmm. them maybe wanting to sell out. And, uh, we thought, you know, why not? We, we downsized our, uh, Dorper flock a little bit this year. So we had a little room, mm -hmm. not, not enough room, but we had, a, had some and, um, so we, we bought them and I'm really excited about it. You know, mm -hmm. there was definitely a little, been some nervous late nights and, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, upset stomachs, but we we're we're excited about it. Do you guys feel any pressure just to like be um, right there with Oh yeah. Sure. You know, we're, we're as competitive of people as you can mm -hmm. imagine. And, uh, we definitely don't want to go out and, uh, not do well. You yeah. know, we, we want to, uh, anything we've ever really done, we've gone and, Put everything we had into it um we try really hard um yeah. and so uh we'll see yeah we'll see. i'm excited yeah. we both are yeah so your son briscoe is he mm -hmm. nine he's eight he's eight yeah so he's, showing... he's showing next year but he's, yeah. he's been jackpotting some he right? has I think yes. he showed at louisville yes he showed at louisville year. last year and uh this year i don't know if we're gonna go or not and kind of up in the air mm -hmm. but um uh he really he loves the sheep he really mm -hmm. does yeah what's that like having your own kid in the show ring Dude, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it now. I see why, you know, parents are always so stressed out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> because, you know, we're better now, but there for a while, you could tell he would much rather be playing in the dirt instead of setting one up, yeah. you know? But, um, no, he's he's doing really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's come a long way, so. That'd be fun. Yes. So, was he going to show Dorpers? He going to show medium wolves or you know, goats, maybe? Yeah, he, uh, I think... We'll probably show maybe a Dorber, a couple mm -hmm. blacks, but I think we may show a couple goats. He sure. he lacks the goats, yeah. you know. So we uh, uh we don't really want to show much what we sell. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of Keep personal clean, preference. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for sitting down with me. And, sure. And doing this. It was Absolutely, fun. it was fun.